Oh boy, do we have some stuff to talk about today. Golf Report coming your way. Stay tuned. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Golf Report. It is your host, Logan LaRue. Lucas Glover wins the Wyndham Championship at my projected score, 20 under, to move from 112th in the points list to 49th. And he secured his ticket to the FedEx Cup playoffs. He played really good golf, but I think Russell Henley lost this more than Lucas won this. Russell did exactly what I said he was going to do. He hit fairways all week and put himself in positions to attack pins. During that final round, he didn't miss a fairway until the last few holes. I genuinely think that those missed fairways towards the end cost him the tournament. Now, I'm not trying to cut down what Lucas Glover did this week. He had a spectacular week. Very special and exceptional performance to make the playoffs. But I do think that this was Russell Henley's to win or lose, and he lost. We saw a lot of big moves on that points list this week. Justin Thomas made a big move, had a really good week, but unfortunately came up one shot short. He made an eagle and then bogeyed, so he needed a birdie to make the playoffs. He had some really clutch shots on 18, almost chipped it in to make the field next week, but just barely missed. It was the first time in his professional career that he hasn't made the playoffs. He will be missed. Somebody that I am looking forward to seeing this week is Tom Kim. He told the tour on Sunday that it was full speed ahead for the FedEx Cup playoffs after recovering from an ankle injury he sustained at the Open. Let's talk about what we can expect from these guys during this week and the next couple of weeks. I see a lot of big moves in the points list coming. I don't think anybody is safe where they are. John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, and Roy McIlroy are sitting pretty comfortably at the top three, but no amount of lead is that comfortable in the playoffs. You have a lot of players that have played really good golf in the beginning of the season, but have since struggled and risk getting knocked out of their position. I'm talking to you, Frisk. I'm talking to you, Tony Finau. But Logan, Tony just got a T7. Yeah, that's his first top 10 since his win in April. I love you, man, but it's playoff time, Tones. It ain't going to cut it. You better step it up and step it up quickly if you want to contend in Atlanta. Who do I see making the biggest move in the points list for Eastlake, the biggest move up? Honestly, it's somebody that hasn't gotten the recognition he deserves. I'm talking about Mr. Gold medalist himself, Xander Schauffele. He's made all 17 of his cuts on tour this season. He has four top fives, including runner-up at the Wells Fargo Championship. Now the tough one, who's going to have the biggest move down in the points list? I have to go with Chris Kirk. He hasn't been doing much lately. He's been struggling, missing a lot of cuts, and it's hard to find your game in the playoffs. You just can't do that. Let's talk about this week specifically, the FedEx St. Jude Championship. It's time for those power rankings. The FedEx St. Jude Championship returns to TPC Southwind as the first round of the FedEx Cup playoffs. And coming in at number five, I have Ricky Fowler. He got his first win since 2019 at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Followed up with a top 25 at Hoylake. 
I also think the layout of Southwind suits him very well. Number four, we just talked about him, Xander Schauffele. I mean, I just talked about him. He hasn't missed a cut. He played super amazing, consistent golf all year. Why would that stop now? John Rahm is number three. He had a super fast start to 2023 and kept it going. He slowed down a bit, got into a bit of a slump for a minute, but quickly turned his game right back around. He'll definitely be in the mix this week. Number two is Scotty Scheffler. He's probably been the most consistent player all year, and I see him carrying that into the first week of playoffs and throughout the playoffs, honestly. And then number one, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody who I'm taking here. It's Rory McIlroy. Playoff Rory is right up there with playoff Steph Curry and playoff Tom Brady, honestly, probably better, to be honest. He got his third FedEx Cup last year, and he's right in the mix for another one this year. You can always count on him to play good this time of year. If he isn't in contention, I think that would be a shock to just about everybody. I've got the winning score at 18 under. Just about level par with how it's been the last few years, and I don't see that really changing much this year. Somebody to watch is Wyndham Clark. He won the U.S. Open, and he's playing the Ryder Cup in Rome. I can't wait to see how he performs in the playoffs. I'm going to move away from the PGA Tour for just a minute and come back to it because I want to talk about the Corn Ferry Tour and Women's Open, but we're going to come back to it because I have some stuff to say. Roger Sloan won the Utah Championship on the Corn Ferry Tour this week at 24 under. We thought there was going to be a playoff, but none was needed after Roger hit an absolutely clutch dart on 18 to set up a birdie to win. Pearson Cootie, who is T6 this week, earned his tour card, so we'll be seeing him on the PGA Tour next year. Watch out for him. He's an exceptional player. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes some noise early next season. Celine Boutier won the Scottish Open at 15 under. This is her second win in a row after winning the Evian Championship last week. We've seen some extending play from the French golfer, and hopefully she can keep it going at the AIG Women's Open. Let's talk about my power rankings for that tournament. The Women's Open is being played at Walton Heath Old Course, and it should be an exciting tournament to watch. Coming in at number five for those power rankings is Rose Zhang. She won her first professional tournament at the Mizuno Americas Opens. Since then, she's had three top tens and only missed one cut. Number four is Jin Young Ko. She has two LPGA wins this year alone, and she has a good chance of getting a third this week. Number three is Brooke Henderson. She got a second place at the Evian Championship and has been making a lot of cuts. Watch out for her name at the top of the leaderboard this week. Celine Boutier, we just talked about her two weeks in a row. She won. She's an amazing player, and this course sets up well for her. Coming in at number one is the GOAT. Ellie Corda, she reclaimed her spot at number one last week, world number one. That is, she is fully recovered from back injury and is ready to go out and compete. Let's talk about the winning score. I have the winning score at seven under. We don't know how the women will react to this course, but it is definitely not the easiest setup they have faced. The course should be tough. The field should be tough. It should be a very fun tournament to watch. Now to some other news. Bryson DeChambeau wins at Live Greenbrier. 
He shot an unbelievable 58 in the final round to secure the victory. A 58. If you don't think that's impressive, then there's something wrong with you. Let me tell you that right now. What blows my mind is the fact that there are people out there who still say that Bryson, who still say that Brooks don't deserve a spot in the Ryder Cup. I'm not saying that I entirely agree with all of Liv. If a player is playing the way these two have played all year, they deserve a spot. I mean, politics aside, no matter where you play, aside, I don't think it really matters where you play in this situation. I think it matters how you play, and I think these two have proved that they deserve a spot on the Ryder Cup. This Ryder Cup isn't about PGA Tour. It isn't about live. It's about our country. It's about USA versus Europe. I think in this situation, you have to take the best players. And I think Bryson and Brooks fit that. So I definitely think they deserve a spot. Even John Rahm took to Twitter to congratulate Bryson on the 58, saying that that feat is impressive on any tour you play, which it is. This wasn't the only time John Rahm mentioned Liv this week. Speaking on the Golf Sin Etiquetes podcast, the Spaniard said, quote, Two minutes before the announcement came out, speaking on the PGA Tour Live Golf merger that happened, someone from the PGA Tour contacted me and told me everything. I thought it was a joke. He went on to say that this is what they should have done from the beginning. Instead, they generated division and then decided to come together again. After hearing this, two things are clear to me. First of all, a lot of players that stayed with the PGA are also not pleased with the tour. And two, we need professional golf on every level. We need more transparency. We need, I'm suggesting, PGA Tour Players Association. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm alluding to the idea of having a union in the professional game of golf. No, I'm not talking about this elitist group of six people that make decisions behind the scenes. We need something like the ML NFL, MLB has, that is 100% transparent. They have tiger-making decisions now. Wonderful. What about players like Ben Griffin or Keith Mitchell who don't have the same status as Tigers? Their input, not just as important. Every tour player deserves an equal voice, and I think you only get that with a player's association or something of equal value. I'm going to step away from this subject for now because the tour released the schedule for this year. There's a lot I like and just about as much I don't. They announced that there are eight tournaments known as signature events. These include the Century, Pebble Beach, the Genesis Invitational, Arnold Palmer Invitational, RBC Heritage, Wells Fargo Championship, the Memorial, and the Travelers. Of those, only the Genesis, API, and Memorial have 36 hole cuts. So you have five events a year that have no cut. After you talked so much about Liv having no cuts, once again, I'm not saying I fully agree with Liv, but the actions from the tour have felt somewhat hypocritical. There are certain ways that players get into these limited field events. I don't have time to talk about all of it, but 
pretty much 10 of the players from the field will come from the FedEx Cup points list. And another five of them will come from certain events on tour if they win those events. They are continuing with only having 70 players to make the playoffs next season. I don't absolutely hate this. I think that it makes it more competitive and adds some drama to it, as we saw this year. Of course, it's been announced that they are adding some events this year, such as the Myrtle Beach Classic and the Classic in Palm Beaches. I'm going to try to make it out to the Myrtle Beach for the tournament. Another interesting change is AT&T no longer sponsoring the Byron Nelson. It will now be called the CJ Cup Honoring Byron Nelson. I don't know how I feel about this. So if you are a previous winner, do you say that you won the Byron Nelson or the CJ Cup? It's going to be a different type of season for the tour for sure. I'm interested to see how it all works out. And some other news, Andy Pazder, a chief executive for the PGA Tour, has resigned. This is the second player this month to step away from the PGA Tour. The other was Randall Stevenson, part of the policy board. Tyler Dennis will assume all of Pazder's responsibilities. Andy Pazder was, of course, a key part of the merger between PGA Tour and Live Golf. He was also part of the PGA Tour Player Program Benefits Committee. So it will be interesting in the weeks and months ahead to see what other changes are made when it comes to PGA Tour executives. If you have any opinions on this, any questions or comments from today's show, feel free to DM me on Instagram. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at The Golf Rep. That's all I have for today. Thanks for listening. Please join me next week as we recap the FedEx St. Jude Championship and discuss the standings as we reach the end of the season.